In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And hello from Chicagoland, where the skies are beautiful, gorgeous blue today. Have you ever thought about how important color is? Indeed. Have you ever considered how important color choices and the placement of furniture may be to the success of your business? Who would think that simply by hanging a mirror, changing a wall color, one could possibly alter the future of their company? But yes, folks, with a million dollar mindset, anything is possible. And today we're here to learn about a Chinese design philosophy practiced in many cultures worldwide for more than five thousand years that will offer you some simple guidelines to enhance the energy of your life and your business. Our guest today is Pamela Stutzman, and in college, Pamela majored in business and interior design, but her innate healing ability and therapeutic approach to design led her to an intensive 15-year study of feng shui and Reiki healing therapy. Pamela instantly recognized the strong parallels between Reiki healing energy and the power of feng shui principles to promote Spirit, wellness in spirit and mind and body and the environment, even your business environment. So today we're going to learn about how applying those principles to your business and your environment can actually change the shape of your life and your business, your prosperity, your happiness, and even your health. So welcome with me, if you will, to the show, Pamela Stutzman. Hello, Pamela. Hi, Marla. How are you? I'm doing really well today. You're in the Chicago area, too. I hope you're enjoying this gorgeous sunshine. Yes, the weekend was balmy, even. I know. <laughs> it Wonderful. was quite fun. It was. So, Pamela, tell us a little bit about your journey, if you will. You know, majoring in business and interior design. How did you stumble across the art of feng shui? Well, that's a very interesting journey, Marla, and interestingly, I think design was very much in my genes from a young person because I was very aware of beauty and very aware of that which drew my eye, that which called to my heart, that which made me feel tranquil and peaceful, even as a very young child. So it was probably no coincidence that I found myself uh, majoring in art in school and drifting in toward um, the profession of interior design. And of course, back at that time in the 70s, feng shui was not taught anywhere. 
you know, in school, in college, it just really was not well known in the Western world at that time. And as I became uh, interested in healing and body, mind, spirit, wellness during the 80s, I had started an interior design business in 1984 and was working with mostly residential and small businesses. And as I began studying and learning more about the synchronicity of balance and order and color therapy and learning the foundational principles of feng shui, I realized that I had been incorporating those very principles in my design business from its inception without consciously even understanding that it was part of my practice. Wow, so it really was and is an innate ability for you, a gift, if you will. It was, yes, it was. I was very fortunate. Oh, that's fabulous. So, Pamela, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the principles of feng shui, why don't you just tell us a brief history? And and if you if you know and if you can, how our ancient ancestors came to learn of the power of feng shui. Well, you know, it's very interesting, Marla, because I'm convinced at this point, after having studied uh, the history and the beginnings of it in China, that every ancient community and all the old cultures had some form of feng shui practice. They may have called it something different. But we know that it has been around and practiced in Chinese culture for somewhere between five and 7,000 years. Wow. Wow. So just like Chinese medicine, the five elements that are represented in the body through the Chinese medicine, the applications of water, fire, wood, metal, and earth, those five elemental applications are also the foundation of feng shui practice. In India, they call it vastu shastra. But interestingly, as I became more and more aware of ancient cultures and tribal people and studying, I learned that Native American tribes were using the nine sacred positions that are also practiced in feng shui. And they would place very specific sacred stones around their teepees in the nine sacred directions, and that would represent north, northeast, east, southeast, south, southwest, west, and northwest, those are the eight. So if you're looking that on a template that is an octagon, the ninth position would be in the very center. Okay. So even the native cultures were using some of these principles, and they never had any communication, obviously, with people in China 4,000 years ago. <laughs> so, right. You know, so we know that people who lived off the land and were in communion with nature, that intrinsic wisdom and knowledge was brought to these people because they were so in tune with the divine and so in tune with the earth. And so we know it was practiced in Aboriginal cultures to some degree, as well as China, Native American, and Indian. All the ancient cultures had some form or fashion of this principle being incorporated within their lives. And here we are in the Western culture where probably, what would you say, about 80% of our population is is not familiar with feng shui, and many of whom are still saying feng shui. 
(laughs) (laughs) And call it whatever you want to call it. Right. That's okay. It's just fine. And for those who might want to know that specifically, it is two separate words, and it is spelled F. E-N-G, as in thing, but it is pronounced fung. And then the separate, separate word is S-H-U-I, and that's pronounced shui, fung shui. So now they know how to say it correctly. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's fascinating to know that, that cultures uh, globally have embraced the, the principles of feng shui and that here now, even in our homes and in our businesses and in our personal lives, that embracing just some, some simple steps, because I don't think it has to be, in my experience, correct me if I'm wrong, Pamela, but it doesn't have to be a complex study or science in order to get it right and to just, just make a few simple, um, what do you call them, cures or correct. changes right in, in your environment to, uh, to make a difference. It doesn't have to be complicated now, does it? It doesn't have to be. I will, however, say that people in China have studied feng shui for 50 years. They make a lifetime practice of it, and they are the feng shui masters. And I was blessed enough to be um, mentored by somebody who had directly had a lineage of learning through a feng shui master. So most of my learning after that just came from my own research and passion about how do we live in an ordered environment. When you think about um, just basic things in nature, if you look at the human body, if you look at how the vision works, how complicated our eye is and how complicated and intricate, they say that we have 100 trillion cells in the body. When we go to sleep at night, we don't need to write instructions for our respiratory system to keep us breathing while we're asleep. There's a very divine intelligence that is intrinsic to the human form. When we have food and we ingest a meal, we, the body knows how to break down the proteins, the carbohydrates, the healthy fats, and nourish us in a way that creates balance and wholeness in our body. We don't have to instruct our body how to do that. The body knows how to do that. So the same principle is applied in feng shui practice when we are in a space that is external to our physical temple, whether it's our home, whether it's we're traveling and we're visiting a hotel or we're working in our office, the more order and the more organization, the more effectively we function because the universe by nature is ordered. The stars and the planets are all perfectly synchronized. Gravitational pulls that hold the galaxy together, it's all perfectly ordered, just Mm -hmm. like our bodies are designed in perfect order. So when we live and work in environments that are ordered and organized, we function at a high level of efficacy, and we feel more peaceful in our spirit when we have order in our physical environment. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And we've just got about a minute until break. And I was curious, Pamela, do you feel that some people have a higher tolerance level for um, an environment that is not in such order? Definitely. And I would not be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't imagine. So that that would be good for your business, would it? It Pamela, as we're going into break here, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Our website is P like Pamela, S like Sue, S like Sue, heavenonearth.com. 
And there's a section on sacred travel and a section on feng shui, understanding and displaying the principles and foundational beliefs of feng shui practice. And then there's also a section on body, mind, spirit healing. So it's a trinity of wellness that's expressed in the website, and they all tie beautifully together. Mm-hmm. Lots of wonderful and informative stuff over there. So head on over to PSSHeavenOnEarth.com. And when we come back from break, we're going to learn more about feng shui. And Pamela has some fabulous tips for us and, and how you may be able to apply some of these more basic principles to your environment so that things are in order for you, low or high tolerance. doesn't matter either way. <laughs> it's uh, It's probably probably best for all of us to be in an environment that's uh, suitable for us and comfortable to us. We'll be right back in just a moment. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Chances are you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him? Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Woohoo Radio Network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you. Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset from Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And I hope you've had the opportunity to check out my weekly ink 
column today. Today we're talking about extraordinarily successful entrepreneurs. You know, a successful entrepreneur can be defined and measured in, in a number of different standards, any number of different ways. But an extraordinarily successful entrepreneur possesses qualities and strengths that make them stand out from the crowd. So go on over and check out Inc.com slash Marla, oh, I'm sorry, slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And let those golden rules of successful entrepreneurs guide you. The title of this column today is Six Things Extraordinarily Successful People Do. Now, we know that the ancient art of feng shui has many, many applications in this modern world. And we're here today with Pamela Stutzman, I apologize, and uh, talking about some of those principles and specifically how how they can affect your business. So, Pamela, tell us a little bit about what, if there is such a thing, a, a typical consultation would look like for you going into a business. What are some of the things that you've, you've seen and changed, and what differences have they made for some of your past clients? Well, very transformational, Marla. It's interesting. The process of feng shui is very much a journey, and people find that when they employ these principles in their life and in their work, space and their home space that their consciousness actually shifts to a higher realm. In other words, we become much more aware of symbolism. And interestingly, you were talking about entrepreneurs. Um, Donald Trump never has a building erected unless the feng shui consultants are working with the engineers that draft up the blueprints. So this is a man who is very driven towards success. He's very bottom line. He's very uh, focused on what he does, and he is a man who understands the principles of feng shui, and it was interesting for me when I learned about that. When I come into a new client situation, they are varied as the seasons. They can be so diverse and so different from one another, but very often... People have a little bit of a sense of what feng shui is. They don't always know exactly where to start, and they feel a little bit overwhelmed. Like, what do I do first? It's kind of like when you're remodeling a home. You mm-hmm. you decide kind of an overall format, what you'd like to employ, and then begin to start feeling like, oh, my gosh, which, which, which things should we do first? What's going to be the most important and the most effective use of our time initially, and then how do we progress from there? So what I like to share with people is, foundational belief, and there's a great book by Karen Kingston called Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. And I like to suggest that people read that before I physically come on site to their office or their home, because then we can have a really good and effective dialogue about what is the first order. And the bottom line foundation is cleanliness and decluttering, because clutter is like the common cold of feng shui faux pas. And very often people have clutter and they are so accustomed to living with it that they think it's normal and Mm -hmm. it has become so part of their visual daily life at work in their home office or in their dwelling if they're separate that they're not even really cognizant of it anymore. It's become their state of normal. So that is the number one first bottom line issue that needs to be addressed is if something is broken, it needs to be either, re- either repaired or replaced immediately because broken appliances or broken equipment means you're broke. Mm-hmm. So we want everything in excellent working order. We want it pristinely clean. Dust and clutter and disarray say 
that it says a message that you're not in control. And for the universe to work effectively, for our minds to work effectively, it's just like having a good breakfast in the morning. You know when we have a good breakfast, we think more clearly. The brain functions more effectively. And our home and our office are more effective for us when they are cleared of any debris that is not purposeful. So broken equipment, broken machinery, broken appliances, anything of that nature would need to be immediately addressed, repaired or replaced, and then decluttering. And they have to make then the decision what am I willing to release? Can I donate this item? Can I sell it? Should I discard it? Mm-hmm. Does it have any future value? Louise Hay says, if you haven't used it in a year, you don't need it. I agree. I agree. So how much pushback do you get on that? Are people really reluctant to let go of their stuff? Sometimes. But, you know, it's interesting, Marla. It, it's very important that the feng shui practitioner that works with clients is very compassionate because mm-hmm. this is very much um, a journey that we go through together. And I am there to encourage, to inspire, to uplift, and give them information that can be very effective at how their relationships are being monitored, how well, if they have students, how well they're doing in school, how well is the family dynamic being expressed, how effective they are in the business world, their prosperity, their physical health is affected by the things that are in their space. So if they do have a home office, they're really at an advantage because if you work in an office outside your home, you can't go in and start restructuring and redecorating in a corporate environment because you don't have the authority to do that. But with a home office, you've got the power to do that because it is in your dwelling. And that gives people who are work-at-home entrepreneurs such an advantage because they can shift and change much more than they could if they were in an office in another building that they don't have control over. Mm-hmm. And Pamela, I'm curious how you would handle a situation where an entrepreneur, an owner of a business may have an employee who is who is very cluttered workspace. Um, how strongly do you advise that entrepreneur to help the employee to change his or her habits? In a very loving and gracious way to convey that they are concerned about uh, that employee, that they care for that employee's well-being, because not just is the their work environment and their level of quality control and their work attitude being impacted, but it's probably impacting their health on some level too, and they may or may Mm -hmm. not be at all conscious of that. Mm-hmm. So I would say to take a very loving and tender approach, but a proactive one and just encourage them, maybe give them some literature, maybe give them a couple of articles to read and say, what do you think? And create a dialogue where the person can be more open and receptive rather than having a boss or uh, someone who's in an authority position come in and say, you know, your cubicle looks absolutely terrible. You know, to lovingly make suggestions. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm going to offer a question that maybe many of our listeners are thinking right now. Um, I keep a fairly clean desk, and and I couldn't agree more. When things are cluttered, when when sharp edges of things are sticking out at me, and and you know, paper is all over, I just feel kind of internally overwhelmed, if you will. So I like keeping a clean work environment. But I'll tell you what, Pamela, in Inside my cabinets and inside my closet here, it's not such. How important is that? Very. It truly is. And, and, you know, one of the examples that I often use when people ask me questions about employing feng shui initially is, 
you know, what word I start with. I ask them, have you ever done spring cleaning? And most everybody says, yes, of course. I like to do spring cleaning four times a year at the change of every season, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Because really, if you're monitoring it every three months, it never really accumulates to the point that you feel completely overwhelmed. But cleaning out closets and cleaning out cupboards and cleaning out drawers, organizing them is critically important because those are the pockets of our psyche that are tucked away that we're not always aware of. It's kind of like when we're sleeping, our subconscious comes to the surface through our dreams and visions. Well, pieces of our environment, whether it's a work environment or whether it's a residential environment, how the closets are ordered is going to speak to us on so many levels. When we want to reach something in our closet or in our pantry or whatever, if we don't know where it is and we have to spend time and energy searching for it, that's a stress inducer. Mm, we don't want that. Is. We yeah. want to have, okay, I need da 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 da. I need this blue shirt to go with this, you know, uh, outfit that I'm wearing for a special uh, event or presentation. You need to know right where it is. So I suggest color coding the closets where all the wardrobe is kept because you have the darks and the whites and the lights and the reds and the greens and the blue, and color code them so that you can easily access what you need when you need it. And the same is true, obviously, with your home office because you need to be able to access a file client information without stressing yourself and investing 10 or 20 minutes trying to find something and you're not sure where it is. Yeah, yeah, and I I can certainly um, understand that because, as I said, my office closet is a little bit of a mess because it's one of the few storage places I have, and uh, and and so when I need a file folder or that large size envelope, I can actually feel my stomach sort of filling with dread of like, oh, I have to get the step stool and go in there and figure out where those things are, and it would be so nice just to have them handy. So right there, I'm I'm aggravating myself with this, you know, by my environment. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just really interesting what we've learned about wellness and health and wholeness that, you know, they've attributed every single disease known to the human race to some level of stress. And we want some degree of stress in our lives because it's good stress. Like when you're getting excited to go on vacation, that can be a little stressful, but it's a good stress. It's a happy, celebrative stress. But the stressors that annoy us and and give us a feeling of agitation, those are the things that we want to eliminate. And because feng shui has a cure for every single possible problem you could ever fathom or imagine, it's very easy to just learn the cures. And this is what I work with people is to show them how to make their life smooth. Some things we don't have control of, like the weather, we don't have control of the stock market, but we do have control of our space. And if you think of your body as the sacred temple of your soul, the home and work environment are an extension of that. That is the space that houses our body that contains our soul. And for some people, they're at work more than their home. Right. You know, right. so the, the office situation becomes very critically important to their state of peace and harmony, balance and well-being. And when you're trying to create a successful business, it's very important that we're honoring our physical temple, our mind, our psyche, eating well 
keeping ourselves in a state of tranquility so that we can feel empowered to make intelligent decisions. And that's, that's where feng shui can yeah. really, really be such an asset to people who are trying to start or maintain a successful business. And especially in a such time a when great the economy reminder. is down. That's a great reminder, Pamela. We're going in a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the, the other areas of feng shui and how you can change your environment to enhance your health and decrease stress. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraiseamillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. For more, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with feng shui consultant Pamela Stutzman. And you can learn more about Pamela and the art of feng shui at PSS heaven on earth.com pss heaven on earth.com pamela going into break and in in the prior segment we've been talking a lot about clutter and clearing the energy and and lowering the stress by reducing and eliminating clutter inside and out let's move to talk a little bit about color and and the effects of color in our environment 
It's very powerful. It's very powerful. There's a wonderful author named Stacy Eldridge who wrote uh, in one of her books about if we ever consider that we think that beauty might be frivolous, and doesn't if anyone had a mindset that they thought beauty or color was frivolous, then question why do you think we give flowers to the bereaved? Mm. Because anything that is colorful and beautiful and pleasing to the eye reminds us of a little piece of heaven here on earth, which is part of the reason I named my business Heaven on Earth. And it's just so powerful when you study color therapy. They've done a lot of experiments and research with people in different varieties of in different stages of their life, whether they were new mothers, whether they were parents with teenage children, whether they were people inmates in prison, and they would color the walls certain colors and notice that there was very distinct behavioral changes based on the color of the walls that people were spending the most amount of time in. And so we know that color in nature is powerful. That's why we love to travel. That's why when people gaze upon a sunset or a waterfall or a mountainside or a seashore, our immediate reaction to that is that our whole being takes a deep breath and we breathe that in. And it's like a little piece of paradise. It's a piece of heaven. And we respond to that, not just visually in our biology, but we respond to it emotionally. We respond to it spiritually on every level. So colors play a very key role in what kind of emotions we are going to feel when we are in our offices, when we're in our homes. For example, typical parents, I usually encourage them if they have teenagers that are very uh, active and very social and high-spirited, it's probably not a good idea to paint their bedrooms red because because it's such a high-energy color, and yet there's other areas of the house that that would be perfect in. But in our bedrooms, those are areas of tranquility. Those are areas when we're trying to sleep and rest and renew ourselves, when our cell tissue is regenerated at night when we're sleeping. We want to have a tranquil environment. That's our little sanctuary. And so we want to incorporate colors that are going to lend itself to that type of a feeling. And so you could certainly have a derivative of red, and that would be fine as long as it was toned down um, Mm -hmm. and lending itself to rest and relaxation. So when we're choosing colors for, let's say, our home office space, are, are we to choose colors that simply feel good to us or, you know, maybe I want to feel stimulated and, and, and my, my mind, I want my mind to be alert and so I'm going to choose this color because that does it, that to me. Or are there colors in general or palettes in general that are recommended for a business space? Well, both actually and that's a great presentation because red or derivatives of red are perfect for a home office, whether it be a crimson or whether it be into the coral tone or into a fuchsia tone or even into a rust or a brick tone. A derivative of red can be fine because red is so energizing and it's so Mm -hmm. stimulating. And in feng shui, red is considered the most auspicious color, the highest vibrational frequency on the color spectrum of all the colors of the rainbow. In fact, in China, they get married in red wedding dresses. You probably already know that. (laughs) But at any rate, um, red colors, colors that are warm, yellows, uh, corals, um, blues. If blue is your favorite color, then you want to have that somewhere in your office. If violet is your favorite color, you want to have that somewhere in your office. And violet in feng shui is the color that represents prosperity. Red and green are both secondary support colors to that prosperity message. 
So those are colors that are noted in feng shui belief to be colors that represent prosperity. However, when it's working with an individual, we want them to feel comfortable in their own environment. It's their taste. It's their office. It's their job. It's their business. We want them to feel totally uplifted. So we do take into consideration, okay, what are your favorite colors? And I usually offer a palette when we're first working with someone to do a home office or a private residence and let them. I just, in fact, had a new client where I took a whole color palette to both the husband and wife and said, Okay, show me what you're drawn to, and then we work with that, and then I can make suggestions about tweaking how we can incorporate these colors in a way that is going to be very comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And the placement of colors. I know for me, I chose for my home office, I do have one toned down red wall, and then the other walls are two, actually, and then the two other walls are like a buttercream yellow. And the effect of these walls for me, when I'm facing my computer monitor, I'm facing the red. And I find that stimulating and, and activating, if you will. But when I turn my chair and I look at the buttery yellow, I feel calm and, yes. and, and collapsed. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. yes, and that's a nice blend because you've got, even though yellow and red are both considered warm colors from an interior design perspective, they're warm colors on the color wheel, but by toning them down or um, having them a little bit more subdued, then you get that effect of it's a softer, more subtle kind of an emotion. Mm-hmm. But colors effect and evoke emotion. And it's so important that we are surrounded by colors that we feel comfortable with, not just in our environment, but even colors that we wear in our wardrobe. But red and purple and green are the three power colors for prosperity. And interestingly, too, I often go into offices and I'll see pictures in frames of maybe family members or business events or anything having to do with that person's life, whether it's personal or professional. And I'll ask them, when you look at that picture, how do you feel? And if they say, oh, I love that picture. Oh, we had a great time. We had a you know big celebration at da-da-da. I love that picture. And other times I'll ask them and they'll say, oh, yeah, well, that's da-da-da-da-da. And I said, how do you feel when you look at it? And they'll say, well, I'm kind of sad. So those are the kinds of things to pay attention to because we want reminders in our office and in our home that are going to evoke a sense of power, that we feel self-empowered, we feel good about who we are, we feel honored, we honor ourselves, we honor others, and we want those kind of reminders, whether they're pieces of art, whether they're at-home accents, whether they're office accents, or whether they're photographs. It's the symbolism of feng shui that operates on a subconscious level that is so very powerful. Mm-hmm. And what about, Pamela, the symbolism of things like water in, in your office or gold coins or some of these things that you see recommended in some guides? Yes, I'm, that absolutely is one of the main elements. The five elements that we mentioned earlier in our conversation from the um, China, operating from Chinese medicine to feng shui principles are fire, water, wood, metal, and earth. So in every room of our entire home, we want all five elements represented. Water is considered prosperity. It's the most abundant element on the planet. Seven-tenths of our planet Earth is water. Most of our bodies are water. And all of our organs are mostly water. And that's another reason why nutritionists tell us it's good to eat raw vegetables and fruits because they are actually containing more water than they are substance. 
So Mm -hmm. in order for us to be fueled, we need to be hydrated. And most people are dehydrated. So uh, we want water in every room of the house, and that could be represented by a vase with flowers in it with water or a fountain. I love this, the sound of the fountain trickling because that means the water is always flowing, the abundance is always flowing. Um, even pictures of a seashore. But I like to have actual water in every room, and I recommend that to people, that each element, whether it's a wood floor, a wood frame, uh, a chair with a metal base, or whether it's a table that's metal, we want all five elements in every room, and particularly the mineral kingdom. So that would include stones, a salt lamp, uh, porcelain, any kind of pottery. In fact, a a good uh, feng shui principle for a for an office a home office would be to have a porcelain vase with a jade plant in it because the jade plant has the roundish type of leaves and those are symbols of coins which is another um, equation equation with prosperity and you already have the element of the earth represented in the porcelain vase Mm, okay a jade plant okay i have bamboo in mine (laughs) and that's great too bamboo is considered very auspicious but jade plants in particular are they're a succulent they don't require a lot of care they don't like a a lot of water in fact i think most people tend to overwater the jades Uh i did my first few jades but they represent coins because the leaves are more rounded so we want to avoid anything that has a sharp edge so furniture that's got softer edges um we want to incorporate curves in the room When you think of a pond or a stream or a river, we know that it doesn't flow in a geometric pattern. It flows in a curved, soft pattern, like the wind blowing the trees. So that's that kind of element of nature that we want to incorporate in our home office where we feel safe and we feel very surrounded by things that evoke wonderful emotions for us and make us feel empowered. And brass, you know, anything brass that's shiny has a symbol of a coin, so that's also a great prosperity symbol. Mm, wonderful reminders of our prosperity and, and abundance and potential for wealth. And, and I'm hearing that's very important in business. We're going to go into another break in just a minute or so. And again, as a reminder, you can find more about Pamela and Feng Shui and everything else that she offers at PSS Heaven on Earth. Dot com and make sure to hop on over to ink.com ink.com slash author slash marla hyphen tobacco and find out what those six habits of extraordinarily successful entrepreneurs are and i hope you enjoy that article please as always don't forget to send me your ideas your suggestions your questions for future articles and future podcasts because this is all about you not about what i want to give to you and you can find me at marla at marlatabaka.com with my website being marlatabaka.com so i look forward to hearing from you with your ideas your input and your comments at marla at marlatabaka.com here we go into break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about color and crystals and mirrors
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Ministry is filled with both highs and lows, victories and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? Wellspring, Tending the Heart of Ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, Tending the Heart of Ministry, with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you ready to get your woo-hoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books, and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio, Love, Life, Business, and the Pursuit of Happiness, with your host, Lisa Stedman. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation, and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woohoo woman, Lisa Stedman, and wants to help you discover the woohoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woohoo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one size fits all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woohoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boohoo of rock bottom into the woohoo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, lisastedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, Love, Life, Business, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And thank you, everyone, for being here today. As always, I will be back next week at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And our guest next week is Step Stephen Snyder. And Step has taught people around the globe his two-meeting-close process, which teaches sales execs and entrepreneurs how to confidently close business in two meetings or less. Now, that would certainly shorten the cycle of your marketing fund wouldn't it? So make it make sure to tune in next week, one o'clock on Monday Central Time with Step Stephen Snyder and myself. And today we're here with Pamela Stutzman and we've been talking about the importance of color and of of organization, of of letting go of clutter. And it makes me curious, Pamela, when someone is rebranding their business or having a new logo or or business card designed for their business and they're choosing colors for for their marketing materials how important is it then to consult with a feng shui expert like yourself to make sure that you're getting colors that are going to be conducive to a healthy and strong business that is a great question marla and it's very important because our business card and all our business materials speaks of us 
So when we're handing a business card or a business brochure to a potential client or someone who is going to pass it on to a potential client, all that potential client has of us is what they're holding in their hand. And so it's not just about the color, it's about the flow of the material, and a big part of that is spacing. It's not just what is printed, it's where it's printed and how much negative space is around it. And when I say negative, I don't mean uh, in a bad way, but negative Mm -hmm. space meaning free space is around the words so that the words pop out. How often have you noticed a business card where there was just so much written on there, it was cluttered on even on the card? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the color. Color is very important, and we want the uh, effect of that. When people see our business material, we want them to look at it and feel upliftment so that they can associate that energy and the essence of what is printed on that printed material as that speaks of who we are, the essence of what we, the product or service that we're offering, and how that person is going to feel. So it's very important, mm. very important. So- such good points, and I would imagine it's very important. Uh, the layout and design of a website would be very important as well. I know for me personally, when I go to a website and it's just it's so verbose, I I don't even want to read it. I'll leave that website very quickly. Yes, yes, that's interesting. You know, it's become a whole new world, hasn't it? Since everything that sure has been web. Yeah. I had three separate uh, technicians who actually composed my website. I wrote every word and selected every color in the position of every color, every sentence, every paragraph, all the visual arts and all the writing I did myself. But the text actually did all the computer part of it, the technical aspect of it. And it, it was a process, you know, that took us several months because we wanted it to be just right. And now with web presence and everybody having web presence, that really is our business card. Our website is our business card to the world. So the points that you're making are so key because when people stop at a website, they might take initially, say, a minute. They're going to give 60 seconds to it. They're either going to be captivated or they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's so important. Have, yeah. You don't even have that long. A minute is an eternity in cyberspace time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whole new concept. We've just finished a remodeling project for an older dwelling uh, along the Fox River, and it's really interesting. It's kind of like extreme makeover home edition, or in some cases, it's extreme makeover office edition. And I've taken the before and after pictures of a small space. It was like 11 by 12, so it wasn't a lot of space, and it was just an old room that wasn't being used for anything. And the person who commissioned me wanted me to create a sanctuary room for them. A place of stimulation, but also respite, which is a very tricky combination to have uh, that feeling when you enter a space that you're uplifted and energized, but you're also feeling serene in that space. So it's a fine line. And I've posted those pictures on LinkedIn. So anybody who would like to see the before and after pictures, they can go directly to my email, which is the same as the website, PSS Heaven on Earth at gmail.com, and then I can link them uh, over to the photographs, and they can see the before and after. No one can believe it's the same room. Wow. (laughs) It looks like it was just this old, dusty room that was, you know, in need of a lot of repair and love, and now it looks like this 
heavenly haven that nobody wants to leave when they go in it. So it's really very transformative what feng shui can do. It's beyond the interior design realm, and it's into the symbolism of what does the room represent and how do I feel when I'm in this space. And it's so important that if we have home offices, we need to feel comfortable, like you were saying with your office, that you feel very peaceful and comfortable in your home office. That is so key, and you'd be surprised on how few people can say that. Wow. Wow. Well, I think it's just important. You want to be able to come into your office and look forward to it. Pamela, we're in the last six or seven minutes of the show. And and uh, there's one thing, certainly, that I'd love to address with you. And that is, you know, things like crystals and mirrors. Um, I know that oftentimes feng shui consultants will stress the importance of having mirrors in certain places or crystals to reflect certain kinds of energies. Tell us a little bit about that. Very true, and they're very powerful tools. Mirrors bounce energy. So they expand energy. That's why we want to eliminate them in bedrooms or drape them in the evening in a bedroom because they can be so um, stimulating that it can keep people from sleeping. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So if they have a dresser with a big mirror, I usually recommend something very lovely that we pick out together to drape that in the evening. But mirrors, they reflect energy. So when you want something to be accentuated, then a mirror placed strategically in just the right spot for the perfect intention of expansion of energy can be very, very powerfully effective. Crystals, same thing. They refract light. So when you hang a crystal where light can come in, whether there's a window on either side or on both sides, it's bouncing light, and that is creating the color spectrum. I actually have one in my car. It hangs from my rearview mirror, and it's a feng shui hand-cut imported crystal very large. It's a 60 millimeter. It's huge. And it's faceted. And I've custom beaded it and put it over my rear view mirror. So when I'm driving and the sun hits it, it bounces all the light, the spectrum of light all around the car. So when you have a crystal correctly placed for the right intention in the right gua, it can make a world of difference. And particularly in kitchens, and that's so important to put one in the center of the ceiling in the kitchen because that gua represents whole health. So if it's in a home office, for example, and there's an area that needs to have a accentuation uh, and an punctuation, say that's the prosperity corner of your home office, that would be an area that you really want to pay very close attention to. So we can use crystals, we can use mirrors, we can use green plants, jades would be perfect. We can use brass items. You can even have a beautiful vase filled with coins, even, you know, coins from, I have a little carrying case that I carry coins from around the world of different countries I've traveled in. So I've got coins not just from America, but from all over the world. So that's a prosperity symbol that we always have enough. And those kinds of little implementations can make a huge difference in consciousness because when you look at them unconsciously, it triggers that thought, abundance. I am prosperous. I am blessed. I am grateful. Gratitude is huge. I am grateful. I am grateful for the gifts that I've been given, and I'm grateful for my health. And that's so important with feng shui because there are people in the world we all know about that have an infinite amount of money, but they don't have their health. We want both. Yes, both are critical to happiness, right? We want to be able to have the health to enjoy the money that we're given, that we've been blessed with. So. 
gratitude is very, very key. And the process of implementing the feng shui principles should be fun. And we have a lot of fun when we do this. And sometimes I'm working with people for a matter of months. And we go through step by step. And as they start to see the transformation, other areas of their life start to respond to the renewed uh, energy that they're creating in their office space or their home space. It's very, it's a very wonderful process, and it's very gratifying to see that. How lovely. And it is, you know, as you were talking about the prosperity corner, oh, and I wanted to point out, too, your, your reference to the gua and that Pamela is referring to the bagua, which is, I call it a map in feng shui that identifies the different um, corners and areas of, of your your workspace or the, the area that you're in um, for, for different energies, right? And... Uh, I use I use those actually in the center of my vision board. I use a bagua because we do want to achieve that life balance. And I think a bagua is a perfect reminder of all areas of life so that we can have a very balanced vision board. Absolutely. And I agree. And for those who may not be familiar with a bagua, just think of it as a template. And it's octagonal shaped. And each of the eight sides represents a part of the room that is symbolic to something in your life. The ninth position is the center. So it's the, if you look at an octagonal uh, template, then that gives you the basis. And one of those templates represents fame and reputation. One represents prosperity. One represents marriage and relationship, children, creativity, career, helpful friends, wisdom, and family. Mm-hmm. And then the center is whole health, body, mind, spirit, health. So each one of those sections on the template represent a part of our life, our existence. So they're all sacred, and they are all to be revered and appreciated. So when our work and our home space are cared for as well as we care for our physical temple, then our life works effectively. It's a really wonderful, wonderful metaphor for life. And it's a wonderful journey, and it's great to be able to help people along that path. Well, I can tell you're quite gifted and quite compassionate, Pamela. And I just want to thank you for being here and, and sharing of that knowledge today. And hopefully, mm-hmm, and hopefully, people will will uh, take a look at your website and and gain a greater understanding through the books that you've recommended and perhaps through your consultancy to to see how life can just become more harmonious through the art of feng shui and and uh, I can attest to it power as well so please join me next week with our guest step steven snyder and make sure to visit pamela at pssheavenonearth.com this is marla tabaka thanking you profusely for being here with us today and looking forward to connecting with you once again next week on the million dollar mindset Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,